You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. This is for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. This podcast is a trust-based, trauma-informed, connected parenting resource. To learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com. Welcome, everybody. Um, You may be wondering why you're not hearing the voice of Chris Turner, um, but Chris was unavailable to record today, and uh, you're going to hear why it was important that we record today in just a second, because um, joining us from New Jersey, (laughs) Jamie Finn. Hey, Jamie. (laughs) The drama of that (laughs) announcement. I love it. I wish that would just like follow me around everywhere. (laughs) I I, I once introduced a guy, I said, introducing a man who needs no introduction, so I'm not going to give him one. (laughs) <laughs> and then I just said his name and he came up on the stage and uh, uh-huh. everything was, um, everything was just fine, Jamie. It, well, it's better than, <laughs> he got an introduction one time and it was like, it was Chris, our host. And he was like, well, you know, we always try and have the best speakers, but since they weren't available, we've got Ryan instead. <laughs> I was like, oh like, my gosh. I was like, did just you really a little just say that? Just of confidence for right, right before getting up. Well, the oh funny part about, about that is that I actually had to take a minute because I was like doubled over laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, it, so funny. In the 1970s. Got you off your game a little. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so in the 1970s, uh, Kiss, their introduction was, you wanted the best, well, here they are, Kiss, and then they'd come out and play, 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 uh, play the show. And then in the, uh, in the 1990s, uh, on, when Guns N' Roses were touring heavily in the early 1990s, their introduction was, you wanted the best, well, they couldn't make it, so here's what you get. <laughs> and so well, Chris I wouldn't know that. That, that little story of yours, because I wasn't born in 1970s, uh, so oh, okay. <laughs> let's right. just hang out there for a second. First question for Jamie Finn. Jamie, when were you born? <laughs> Not the 1970s. Uh, was it the 1980s? Just to make you feel old. It was. It was in the 1980s. <laughs> now, I realized that that was a little bit of a shot at Ryan, but Kayla was born in the 1970s. Uh, I was. Yes, it was definitely right a shot end. at Ryan. Let's <laughs> pretend Kayla was not in the line Fair. of fire there. I was barely toddling by the time the 70s were over. So, you know, I was there much you younger. Much, there much you younger. Go. Right. He was there already in go. school. All right, like, truth or like dare. kindergartner. Truth time. Everybody say their age. I'm 46. <laughs> Kayla? I'm not saying. You're going to tell anyways, but I'm not I'm, saying. I won't. I will respect that boundary <laughs> you know, if you would like me to. All right, Jamie. Well, um, I know that people probably know this about you, um, but um, you have a blog, you have a podcast, you um, have a ministry, you have like... I don't know. A gajil- Super cool shirts. You sell shirts. You have a gajillion <laughs> followers on social yes. media. Um, but you got a lot going on, um, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying so. Um, but I think um, if you're okay with it, to kind of get us, now that we've had you know idle chit-chat out of the way, uh, <laughs> if you're okay with that, um, can I introduce you formally by reading your bio? 
Would you be okay with sure. that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I'll sit here silently while you okay. awkwardly read my accomplishments. <laughs> what, what, is, what does the C stand for? So when I first got on social media, I was really worried about my anonymity. And so I went by Jamie C. And oh. so my middle name is Christine, but it felt important to like include because when I first was sharing publicly, I wasn't using my last name. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh my it's like gosh. if you join a foster parent support page, you'll realize there are like 4,000 members that are like Jamie Foster. Everyone's last name is Foster. Yes. And you're like, ah, oh, this is everyone's fake account. Yes. <laughs> yes. I ha- there's, there's one that I... It, like the last name is Loves Jesus is like literally yeah. the last like, name. Really? And I'm like, that's your last name. I know. Wow, so I'm like, yeah. I don't know who all these people are. Like I meet them in person and they introduce themselves and then I'm like, oh, oh, I know who you are. Like oh, you have Loves this Jesus. weird. Yes. You're Mrs. Loves Jesus. Oh, right. oh wow. I, I actually <laughs> saw, about. saw one last week. Her name was like Susan Mom of Two. Yes. Or something yes. like that. Yes. So, <laughs> right. Okay. Exactly. So you just went with the C, you know? Like, yes, we'll but just... I'm named after my grandmother, middle name Christine, uh, so. Oh, I love it. Okay, so if I refer to you as Jamie Christine, are you gonna have flashbacks of <laughs> being in trouble with your own mother? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Probably so. All right, here we go. Go for it. Jamie Christine Jamie Finn Christine. <laughs> is yeah. the executive director of Foster the Family, the host of the Real Mom podcast, founder and owner of Goods and Better, and a sought after speaker for retreats, conferences, and events for foster adoptive parents. Her popular social media accounts offer a glimpse into the real life of a foster parent and provide encouragement to thousands of foster parents. At any given moment, Jamie is a mother to four to six children, I love that, (laughs) including her two biological children and two children adopted through foster care. She lives in Sicklerville, New Jersey with her husband, Alan. And my my favorite part about your bio, Jamie, is I think I think we've all been sort of aware of each other for a while, but did get to meet in person last year for the first time. Yeah. And I don't want to speak for you, but I think I liked you five seconds after I met you. Uh, so I hope that's true reciprocally as well. If it's not, don't, don't tell me. I'll give it a ditto. Awesome, 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 awesome. So uh, look, so we do want to talk to you uh, about about this thing over here. Um, Foster the Family, book. A, a book that, that came out um, like a month or so ago. Yeah, February. In February. Oh, okay. Our apologies for only no. doing this today. Um, <laughs> or a few months. No, behind. it's fine. Ja- Jamie's been busy every week with book tours and guest appearances and stuff. She didn't have time to get to this before today. So. Oh, stop. Uh, and so... Um, so we want to talk to you about 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 that book. Uh, know that you you and Alan have been fostering for about uh, eight eight years. Yeah. Um, re- reading in the book, some of the um, you know we fostered um, for a decade here here in Texas, um, and adopted four of our six kids, um, which I think everyone knows. But uh, from foster care system, uh, <coughs> but it was interesting to read some of the the different. Um, aspects of fostering in your experience, um, mm-hmm. you know, like like some of the the analysis post adoption before like recommendations come in, like the, the, mm-hmm. so there's always always like you in that stuff how, how sort of the systems are different around the country. Now, before we get into actual questions about the book and some of the content that that we that we really you know we picked a couple of things we really connected with and want to talk about those uh, with you, um, but let's go back to the last word I said in your bio. Alan. 
Okay. <laughs> because if your family is like ours, because yeah. I'll tell you our, uh, the 15 second version of our story. Yeah. Um, Kayla said, um, we, we both actually came, came to marriage with this idea that we might want to adopt. And so it wasn't that super hard of a sell to get me on board with the big idea. It was a little bit of a, yeah, hard, a sure. hard sell to get me on board with the idea of we should do it now. Uh, <laughs> right. and, and she said to me, hey, um, you know, let's talk about adoption. And I was like, do we have to? <laughs> and then she cornered me on a 10 hour, on an 11 hour airplane ride. And I was about to watch a movie. And, and she said, what are you doing? She's a captive audience at that point. And she put a stack <laughs> of papers. Great. This is back when you had to like, you know, like send a letter requesting papers. And oh so goodness. she's a stack Let's of papers. Let's go back to that 1970s conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we started fostering in... 2004. We got licensed four. in four, yeah. 2004 okay. is when we got licensed. Okay. Before the internet, Jamie. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> That's great. You had to like send off for your packet of information mm, and they'd so like funny. mail it to you. Yeah, I'm so, feeling so, really old right now. So she puts a packet of stuff on my, on, on my lap and says, I need to know which agency you want to go with by the time we land. <laughs> she just strong armed you. Totally. It's a story, just story of my life. story of my life. <laughs> So, so that was it, and 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 you know we we have this this lagging spouse idea, you know, uh, in the past when we've right. taught, when we've taught parenting classes, we've we've asked families, hey, why are you guys here? And and typically, mom will give um, some detailed some struggles they're experiencing, wanting to connect with their kids, wanting to help as best she can, and then we'll look at dad, and I swear, eighty percent of the time he mm. would say, because my wife said I had to be here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell, tell us about you and Alan's journey to, to get, and don't leave out anything where Alan acted just like me. <laughs> Make it juicy. Yeah, I would say similarly, we both came into marriage with the idea that we would one day eventually adopt. That was mm. kind of yeah. the narrative. And my husband grew up with two sisters who were adopted. We mm. both had a heart to do that, but it was in a very like, one day sort of way. And then we had two kids and one day kind of arrived Hmm. and neither of us knew what that would look like. I mean, we hadn't made plans. We hadn't saved money. Neither of us even felt like the drive to start pursuing adoption in the way that we always thought it would be, which was international. That was the only frame of reference we ever even had. And then my brother... They actually were struggling with infertility and came to us and said, we are going to adopt a waiting child out of the foster care system. And I was like, that is a horrible idea. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You are going to ruin your life. Please don't do this. But they did not take my advice. And they adopted my niece and we fell in love with her and it was amazing. And around that same time, I read a book called Radical. By David Platt, which I often say, like, if you're happy and content in your life, do not read this book (laughs) because it really put in me this drive to live for something that mattered, to live Mm. missionally, and that our home and family should be like the home base for that. And so foster care was sort of that to the nth degree, like our family joining on mission together Mm. to love other people. And so Alan was not comfortable, but 
he was compelled. So mm. I said, like, can you go to God's word? Can you read? And can we look at all of the points where God talks about the orphan, the fatherless, the vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, okay, I know we're supposed to do something. I don't want to do anything, but because you want to do this thing, I'll follow your lead. And the deal was one kid, one time. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work that way. <laughs> I was going to say, and how many kids have you had since then? Did we have I think the number is 27. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 27 through foster care. We've adopted two and we're adopting another one in a week. <sighs> oh my goodness yeah. gracious. Oh my gosh. I saw that that adoption was coming up. That's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We're so excited. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, just you said there's some parallels to the story. Honestly, there'd be more parallels. And so the next time you tell that story... I would suggest this edit to you and say, Alan, I'd like you to go into God's word. You just say, I dropped this Bible in his lap. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've marked. Read with, with, the highlighted parts. Yeah, read the highlighted stuff. I've made it easy for you. Yeah. Well, I loved how in the book you called it Operation Get Alan on Board. And you had like yeah. all these like strategic, like, let me just share this little tidbit. Sure, and sure. Isn't this compelling enough? And, you know, but right. ultimately, yeah, it's the same. You know, anytime we would get a call for a placement, Ryan would say, I'm going to pray about that, you know, like, especially yeah. when it was a, a an adoptive placement, like foster mm. placements. Uh, somebody told us once, you got to be all prayed up by the time that call comes. That's like, so yeah. good. I love that. The conversations, yes. right. They yeah. need to be before the call comes. <laughs> right. Well, let's connect really parenting good. this. You have to practice outside of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> and good. And that was when, it, but if we got a call and it was like, this could potentially be adoption. In mm. Texas, they call it matched adoption, which means it's uh, yeah, okay. one of the kids that's waiting and they're looking for a forever home. And so sure. there were a few times that we got a call and I was like, I wanted to say yes every time. Like Still I didn't does. even yeah, yeah. need any information. Yeah. <laughs> I just was like, yes. Um, and he would be like, I, I, you know, let me pray about this. And he'd be like, I just don't feel really good about this. And, you know, like our oldest was a matched adoption. So he's 19 now. And we got the call for him. He was three and a half. And he, um, when we got the call, I was like, he's going to say no. There's no way he's mm. going to say yes to this. Mm. Like I just, and when I called him, he was like, yes, let's put our name in the hat. Let's let's see where this leads, you know? And I was like shocked. And then there were other <laughs> kids along the way that he said, I just don't feel like a piece yeah. about this. And yeah. so then we didn't move forward with them, you know? So, but I think that having to get your husband on board is a common thread. Yeah, um, it definitely is. And I'm more grateful now than I used to be for the push and pull. I used to think yeah. like, he's just holding me back. Like I could yeah. do so much yeah, and he's holding sure. me back. And now I see that push and pull, like I push him to not be content with a comfortable life that is just about us. Yeah. And he pulls me to not burn out in doing yeah. things for other, when we have our kids who are our forever priority. Yeah. And, you know, my health is always like, last priority and I'm always uh -huh. fighting to learn that lesson and I'm like okay this yeah. push and pull like we need each other yeah for sure now, now Jamie even though since you weren't born in the 1970s <laughs> I, won't, I won't say that, that you enjoy the push and pull more now than you used to I won't say that means you're getting older rather I will say it means you're getting wiser wiser right yes. right yes yeah, so. yeah I I think I am so um on the border of burnout <laughs> that mm -hmm. 
that I'm finally <laughs> learning how to regulate myself and how to not have to have someone say no to me and be like, you know what? Like our goal was get through the spring and the book launch and the summer would be time for a new placement. And now we're here at summer. I'm like, oh, wait a second. Maybe summer should just be a time to be a family. Maybe summer yeah. should just be go. like, we're just going to rest. We're going to, but yeah. it takes me being pretty exhausted to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. know, that, that's kind of sort of sort of the, the juxtaposition of, of, of the work we all do, right? Because one of the things we tell people is about, it's a privilege to get to say yes, right? Yeah, and say sure. yes as much, as much as you can in those things. But the reality is the, the, the flip side of that for us um, is, is that we have to learn how to say no. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you have to learn how to how to say no. And and when you when you start doing doing the stuff that that feels, and I don't want to say dirty. It feels wrong. That's what yeah. it does. Like like it feel it feels wrong. But <clears throat> but but I love that you call yourself a lay theologian. Um, there's nothing in my Bible where Jesus says, "If you don't destroy your life in my cause, I'm not proud sure, of you." Right. There's there's right, none right. of that. Right. I mean, like we like to tell tell families, if you go to the Gospel of Mark, please remember that. When the crowd got overwhelming, Jesus climbed on a boat and he taught them from yeah. the boat. So he didn't check out. He still did what he was supposed yeah. to. But then at the end of that story, he says, let's go to the other side of the lake. And I think that that is uh, valuable counsel for us um, from the pages yeah, of Scripture. And I think it is counsel for us because Jesus certainly could have gotten some sort of dose of supernatural strength. He didn't need to do that, but yeah. it, it's counsel for us. He was setting right. that example of rest and recharge. And I would say it is the part of the example that I've struggled with the most yeah. of just finding what it looks like to live every day with purpose and mission for God's glory and for the good of others. And slow down and yeah. rest and right. and it has been it's taken a lot of humility and growth because it is not natural for me yeah yeah i think and i think we can get to burn out so easily if we don't mm -hmm. and so we don't want to do that because i think what you have to share with families is important you know and mm. and if you know there are families that are fostering because they've watched your example and in, in mm. you continuing to go but at the same time, if you just completely burn out, then you yeah. can't give that example. Yeah, no good to anyone. Yeah, including <clears throat> yeah. my kids. I mean, my kids, as I know Absolutely. yours, like they have needs <laughs> and it is do. exhausting and scary and sad. And and so I yeah. need strength for them. Yeah, for sure. So so there, there were a couple of, a couple of chapters in, in and just so everybody listening knows that we talked just before we started recording, um, there were a couple of things in the book that we just wanted to, to go a little bit deeper in, into. And mm -hmm. I'll do them in reverse order because we're kind of at the taking care of yourself, my family, and maybe summer's just a time to be a family, right? Like you said a few minutes ago. Uh, and that was uh, the title of chapter 11 got my attention. But what about my kids? Uh, and the reason it got, got our attention, attention uh, uh, Jamie, um, was was the concerns right what will fostering do to my kids because yeah. we've had those questions from family members really close in, sure. in terms of, of of every way that they could be close saying what are you doing to um i'm just gonna be honest and transparent and invoke kayla's no filter clause what are you doing to my grandchildren i mean that's mm -hmm. how close these family members yeah. were 
but but I will tell you that this is such a great opportunity for our children to learn that there are real needs in this world. And yeah. I, I love that you say it's really a controlled environment that we get to do that. Yeah. And I think we we have kinder, more compassionate children today mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we fostered for a decade. Then mm-hmm. I think Kayla and I would have would not have been able to cultivate that level of compassion and empathy in them had we not done it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there are certain lessons that our children can only receive from this kind of life. Mm-hmm. That yeah. it is the things that we say we want for our kids. I don't know about you, but I don't say I want my kids to like have a big house and <laughs> drive right. fancy cars and the things I say I want for my kids do my actual <laughs> values and day to day of how we build mm. our life match that or is it like we are focused on education sports recreational activities and that is what life is about and my kids have had to give stuff up I mean my daughter just this morning casually mentioned how a friend of hers is able to pursue soccer in this special way she's like you know they have money and they only have two kids and she's able to see like my parents Mm -hmm. can't focus in on my interests or recreational things mm-hmm. in the same way because we have chosen to jump into the stories of other kids and it's brought a level of chaos and distraction that wouldn't have been there if we stayed with our one boy, one girl kind of happily ever after. Right. But my dream for her isn't to be a professional soccer player. My dream for her is to be someone who loves Jesus, someone who Mm -hmm. loves others, someone who is compassionate and serves. And the things that I really deep down want, I believe that foster care is a great training ground for that. And as you said, Ryan, that it is protected. I'm not throwing my kids to the wolves. I'm not like, you go and, and learn this stuff. It's like, no, in our protected home, we are going to invite people with broken stories. Mm. And we are going to see that quote unquote, drug addicts and these people that yep. that your typical middle class 10 year old kid can other like, oh, those bad people. It's like, yep. oh, no, that's just that's so and so's mom. Yep. And yep. yep, she struggles that way. And like, oh, yeah, he was in jail because he's been through hard things and sometimes hurt people hurt people. And their mm. their narrative on trauma and the way that it affects other people is bathed in compassion and understanding Mm -hmm. in a way that has still been really safe for them. And so I'm, I'm grateful for the lessons I know that it's brought for them. But as you hinted at with like, what are you doing to my grandchildren? (laughs) None of us come out unscathed. And so we need to know that the question, like, but what about my kids? The answer is never, oh, your kids will be great. Everything will be fine. You don't need to worry about them. The question is, is the the cost, the sacrifice Mm -hmm. worth the benefits, the lesson, the gifts? And I have had to trust God for my kids the same way I've had to trust him for myself as they've been exposed to hard behaviors and chaos and really painful goodbyes Mm -hmm. is like, 
what do I believe about God for my kids? And what do I believe about this story for my kids? And it's it's been another level of trust as I entrust them to him as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so that's right where we are too. We 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 could do more things if we we hadn't been fostering or if we hadn't adopted yeah. kids who have experienced yeah. severe trauma. And so yeah. their our, our life would look different. And I think some people kind of on the other side can look back and go, oh my gosh, this was really hard. I'm not sure it was worth it. But I think we've mm-hmm. looked back and said it was worth it, even in the midst of hard. I mean, we're in a hard season right now with one of our kids mm-hmm. and it is still, I still say it's worth it. Even though sometimes yeah. you go, Oh, what have we done? You know, how, yeah, how are absolutely. we going to make it through? Um, you know, just the other day, Ryan was just reminding me, he's like, we just keep stacking rocks like they did in the Old Testament and saying, here's, mm. here's this, you know, where God showed us this. And here's how, mm. you know, this worked out better than we could have expected, you know? And so right. in all of that, we still look back and say, yeah, it was worth it. My kids are more compassionate. They're more, um, they're willing to have conversations about things that are hard that some of their peers are not, you know, I mean, mm. I've seen, you know, my, our kids go to, a, we homeschool, but they go to one day a week to like a private Christian school. So you definitely yeah, have okay. the like, you know, very sheltered homeschooled kids. And, but the, the staff is very open to talking about really hard things. And so they have worldview classes and these hard things will come up and my kids will come home and they're like, oh my gosh, some of the kids were like terrified to talk about these things, you know, (laughs) but they're not because they've, they've experienced it. They've seen, like you said, they've seen addiction. They've seen people going to jail and they've had compassion, you know, they've seen homelessness and all of these things that a lot of other kids in our circle haven't really seen. Mm. And so they're able to have that compassion and kindness towards um, people that are not necessarily like them. And this is not just our biological kids. This is our, you know, we had, we fostered and adopted before we had any biological kids. So our biological kids are kind of in the mix. Um, But, you know, our all of our forever kids, we see them being more compassionate and more understanding based on their own experiences, Mm. but also based on the kids that have come and gone from our home. So, Well, I I love this part of the conversation, um, because Jamie, just to to be in full transparency, how how we prepped for this, um, we read your book and then found the the couple of of things that said, okay, let's talk about that and that. And then we pulled out a quote from each of those chapters. And then we realized that we're probably going to have to cut our time short because I think <laughs> the three of us could talk for hours yeah, uh, yeah, about these things sure. because because this has taken taken a, a route that I, that I didn't think it would, and that's that the three people who between the three of us have thirty years of fostering experience have just said it's okay to not be okay, yeah. uh, and it's yeah, okay to right. admit that because um, I, I don't know if this is your experience, but when we work with families who are early on in the journey there is almost this reluctance to say, I'm struggling. There is almost this reluctance yeah. to say, I need help because because for a myriad of reasons, you don't want to hear I told you so from the people who are closest to you. Um, you don't want it. I mean, all of those kinds of things. And I think that we need to have more conversations with people that say, it's hard. Yeah. Some, so, some days you yeah. go, some days you, 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 you just, just feel like, the Lord must be smiling at me today. And some days you feel like, like I, I don't know what, what where's the, which way's up. 
yeah, and everything yeah. in between. And it's okay because it's real and these are real people. And, 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 and it's not just what it taught us is it's not just about the kid um, who, who you're helping in your home for some amount of time. It's about their story and the people in their story. And one exactly. of the things that foster care did for us is it certainly the Lord used it to 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 really um, prune a lot of the judgmental attitude out mm. of us that people tend to have. Yeah. Mm. But watching it, him do the same thing to my children has mm. been so so re- really fun because they're more understanding of people. They're learning it at a yeah. much younger age yeah. than we did. I love it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and when I came into foster care, it was very there are kids who need a home and family. And so we can rescue them and bring mm. them into our home. And finally, they can have love. And and so my kids have learned along with me the preciousness of the family, the sanctity yeah. of the family. And so they believe that families are worth fighting for because we help our kids shape their narratives. Yeah. If we are like, can you believe that she has to go back to that mom who's using drugs? But when we're like... Think about if you weren't with your mommy, how you mm-hmm. would feel. My kids are so pro-family yeah. and so pro-showing mercy to struggling people mm-hmm. because that is what we're fighting for as a family. And as you said, it's not just about kids coming into our home. It's about families entering our family's story. Yeah. yeah um, so I'm glad you said, said the rescue thing because... Um, there, yeah. And we won't we won't tell the whole the whole story here. But there is this this encounter where uh, where where a doctor does an analysis and says, "Okay, I'm going to recommend adoption." And then uh, I wrote the quote down. Um, the doctor yeah. says to you, "Don't worry, your love will heal her." Mm-hmm. And then I love yeah. what you said next. This was just exactly what my heart wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the story continues about how that that changes over time, but. But I love that because, again, back to back to I think more people need to be honest about. Hey, I came to this thing thinking I was going to rescue kids. That was us. Exactly. We were going to yep. save the yep. world one kid at a time. I'm the fixer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For and, sure. And I think that, and and so we look <clears throat> at we look at sort of the struggles and the lessons we've learned in, in the intervening years. And and I think you'd agree with this, that that God's kindness to us was to walk us through those difficult things. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to to be humbled. I mean, I've come to believe that I am not that far from any of my kids' parents. Yeah. That me, without the support and resources I've had, yeah. me with a with the trauma that my kids' parents have experienced, the abuse they've experienced, yeah. that they're I am <laughs> not all that different. And with my children, I've had this. You know, I just want to rescue and fix, and we're going to do the good, right parenting. These kids just need Jesus, and then everything will be okay. As soon as they come to know Jesus, they'll be healed. And and an understanding of the way that the brain and body is forever changed by trauma, the same way our kids have other illnesses, the same way that their bodies and brains are injured in other ways, understanding that it changes the narrative from let me bring you into my home, change everything for you, to, oh, 
I am on this journey with you where we are both battling your trauma history together, mm-hmm. where we are on this journey together and and I'm partnering with you in your healing and I'm not waiting for you to be healed. I'm not like, okay, it's time. You know, you've been in my home for this long. Like, we got there. It's like, oh, this is a forever thing. I committed to forever with my adopted kids and with my children through foster care. Like, I get to partner with you in your healing and not looking for the final answer of like, okay, everything's better. But knowing that this is a long term, we are in this for the long haul. Yeah, we were in a training one time and the, the, the trainer said something like, you know, a lot of kid, a lot of people will have like kids in their home that will lie. And, and so, you know, you've got to understand it's because of their trauma. And he gave some kind of, you know, answer about trauma. And then he said, but six, if they've been with you for about six months and they're still lying, well, oh you just gosh. have a liar on your hands. And we were oh like, <laughs> we were just going like, what is happening here? Like, what is, no, like, this is not <laughs> yeah. a six months. And, yeah. and you've just given a whole room full of people like, yeah. okay, it takes six months to heal trauma. Got it. Check. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can Whereas hang in I, six I was leading, I was leading a training uh, like a month ago and the, the person was talking about how her 15-year-old, who's only been with her for a short time, just graduated out of her psych program and counseling and she still wasn't better. <laughs> And I was like, wait, so how long has she been with you? And she said 14 years. I was like, okay, so healing will will start in 14 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We are on this long-term yes. journey. And we can't just be looking for like, okay, things are better now, right? Right. Well, I mean, that's the, when you were talking about that, because, because again, the refining <clears throat> of us that has happened yeah. as a result of, of building our family this way, um, has been really, really great. And, and anytime we have an opportunity to speak to people, whether that be, you know, like courses we created, parents, schools, churches, whatever, the first thing we address is you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, while there aren't only 10 adverse childhood experiences and adversity is not confined to childhood, everybody takes yeah. the aces. And then we talk about that a little bit because, because yeah. you have to understand that it's a parallel heal journey. It's not like, I'm good. Um, and yeah, now I'm, right. I'm going to, now I'm going to fix some kids. Right. You have to realize right, that, right. Oh my gosh, now we get to do this together. And, and that, mm. that certainly is a great privilege. Um, mm. la- last thing. And, and this is going to like check, like just watch on like our social stuff. Cause this is going to be a quote that comes out. Um, <laughs> and so the sense, and it will be attributed to you, Jamie, cause it's straight from your book. Uh, but, I, but I do want to kind of, as we, as we kind of tie tie a bow on this over here, our time together, uh, trauma is what happens when our bodies react to suffering that they weren't created to experience. Mm. Um, that yeah. is an attention grabbing sentence and thanks for writing it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a journey for me to understand that and yeah. to learn that and my kids don't let me forget it. <laughs> so <laughs> I I've had to relearn it and and believe it and they remind me every day. Yeah. Well, that is awesome. So good. So good. Anything else? No, I think okay. we're good. I mean, we could talk forever. We, we could, could talk forever. I was uh, going to say, we could just keep going and going. But We'll do the, we'll do the whole series. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, Jamie, um, we will um, tell everybody how they can get your book. Uh, it is called Foster the Family. 
encouragement, hope, and practical help for the Christian foster parent that is, um, and again, it's by Jamie Seafin. <laughs> C, of course, any for Christine. Um, it's available anywhere you can buy books, right? Like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, right. anywhere you can buy books. Uh, please uh, support Jamie, buy that book. Not just to support Jamie, but to support yourself. Because there's mm. tons of good stuff in it. Um, and we're just glad that we were able to iron out the scheduling details and have you on with us. Yeah, it was so good to connect with you guys. Like mm. you said, we could we could talk and talk and talk. Yeah, for I sure. love you're so like minded and yeah. it's a joy to connect with you. And according to Kayla, none of us have filters. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're a good combo. I have a filter. I don't oh, know about you. <laughs> Kayla North, the regulator. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh. Well, uh, Chris usually dismounts. So all I'm going to say is thanks for listening. And um, we'll have more with Jamie in the green room if you're a patron subscriber. So head on over to that. And we'll talk soon. Bye.